I'm Duncan McLeod, and this is Tech Central's TCS Plus, the business technology show where we talk to leaders in the ICT industry. I'm joined in studio now by Alexa Bishops. She is co-founder and CEO at a new data consultancy called Calibre. That's Calibre spelt with a Y instead of an I. Alexa, welcome. Thanks, Duncan. It's great to be here today. Thanks for joining me. Uh, tell me a bit about Calibre. It's, um, what's the thinking behind this new business and uh, what is its mission? Yeah, so um, we started just over a year ago. Um, the three founders uh, had some ideas about what we thought we should do in this space. So we love the data space. Um, we've always been really passionate about um, data consulting and the technology space. And from our experience, we knew also that this was a scarce skills market. So looking at things that were going on in the world and the way technology is progressing, we felt that if we created a business that was focused completely on data, so on the breadth of the data domain, and um, that we were doing something that we absolutely love, we're really passionate about, and it's obviously a great space to be in at this time in the world. Good. You mentioned there are three of you. Who are your partners in yeah, this venture? Yeah, so, so um, Grant van der Waal is our chairman, and Ryan Jamison, he's actually based in the UK, is our CTO. Okay. Okay. And what is your background, Alexa? Where, where, what, what, tell us a bit about your career. Okay. So, um, so I've been primarily in operations, although I started out as a data consultant. So um, but that was 30 years ago. So okay. long time in um, different consulting companies in the UK and then in Holland. Um, but I, was, I grew up in South Africa, so I absolutely love primarily the weather here, but there's a lot more about the country that I love. Um, so I came back here in the early 2000s okay. and then continued my career here. I joined ICE Partners in the middle of 2009, actually, and then moved into an operational role. So I was responsible very much for, for running the consulting business. Mm -hmm. and the consultants reported into me and um, really making sure that we, yeah, we delivered properly to our customers. We had the right teams and we were obviously profitable as a business as well. Okay. Okay. Good. So you describe Calibre as a next generation consulting yeah. company. What does that mean exactly? And why is it important? Yeah. So next gen, um, and that's how we see ourselves. You know, we obviously come out of a traditional consulting space. And um, when we look at a next generation company, we're really saying, you know, there's a lot that we've learned from all of the years of being in a consulting practice, which I think is a common um, situation. It doesn't matter which cons type of consulting you're doing, but obviously there are expectations of consulting companies. And we just thought, you know, the world is changing mm -hmm. and a next generation company goes along with that change. So so to really then um, be part of the that difference that we can bring. So if we look at traditional consulting practices, obviously there's huge success in consulting companies. So we've taken a lot of the learnings that we had from our past experiences. And we said, where were the pain points? So how could we do things differently and address the challenges that we faced and often that our customers ended up feeling? So you know, very often you, you pass that on to your customer that their frustration then becomes something that you either can or cannot deal with in a consulting company. So we're trying to address those challenges head on. And sometimes it's, it's exciting. It's also sometimes really challenging to think differently and bring something different to the market in, with Calibre. All right. So Tim, maybe take us through a client engagement and how it would differ to a, a traditional consulting company, how you'd approach that engagement 
and how you'd work differently with that company as opposed okay. to a traditional consultant? Yeah, so it's a great question. I think that um, if I focus on one of the, the primary issues that we always had as a consulting company, and I'm sure it will resonate, I mean, that most consulting companies will have this huge allergy to having people on the bench. Mm-hmm. So, so you kind of say the word bench, it's like, oh my goodness, I get people asking me now as well, how big is your bench? And the primary difference with Calibre is that we will always have a bench mm-hmm. and we need to have a bigger bench. So if I go back to my days of resourcing and trying to then give the best people to um, whatever the, the requirement was from a customer, what would happen would be you would go into a sales cycle, there would be an agreement, this is what we need to deliver, and that would then land with the delivery team to say, please, can you put people on this so that we can deliver the best work to the customer? But in that moment, you are not necessarily able to give that customer the very best people because you don't have them available. They're busy doing other work. So that is a typical consulting paradigm Mm -hmm. that you're not carrying a huge amount of people on the bench. What we are saying now is we want to give our customers a choice. So we've forward invested in people. We've actually spent the last year building up our teams. We've got 60 consultants right now. Um, and, and really focusing on making sure we have the best data skills so that when a customer lands with us, we can say, okay, you've got a choice. And that choice then becomes, I can look at what is their background, how much experience do they have, what is their actual skill set and how, that, how does that align to what I want to do, where are they based because we're a remote company, um, and also then how do they fit into my culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, why the data space specifically? I mean, obviously you've you've got an interest and expertise yeah. in that area, but why is that area particularly exciting for Calibre? Yeah, so we we see data as a future skill. I think um, you know, looking at the way technology is changing, I know there's also a lot of stress around AI, and you know, is that going to change the nature of everybody's jobs? So we think probably will. In fact, it definitely will. But the opportunities that it brings are what excites mm-hmm. us. So rather than seeing it as a, a constraint and saying, okay, we, you know, we're going to lose our jobs, we're looking at it as a way of fast tracking the work that we would have done. So a lot of the, the grunt work or the work that I suppose we've been building on for the last 30 years, um, you know, in the olden days, it would take us a year to build a basic data warehouse. Whereas now we can automate those things. We can use tools that allow us to get to a place of delivery much more quickly. And then I think it challenges your human brain. You know, the the creativity that a person brings to the table, Mm -hmm. we will be able to really accelerate with that and look at then questions that we never were able to ask because we were so busy Mm -hmm. delivering, you know, that basic foundational platform. We're now able to think differently. Mm-hmm. And that is really what excites us about the world of data. You know, it's still seen as a, a top need from Gartner. If we look at um, statistics around the world, the global skills um, expectation is that there will be many more roles needed than are currently being produced. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely still a scarce skill. Okay. So how would a company measure their return on investment if they engage with Calibre? What are they typically looking to get out of that engagement? I love that question, Duncan. So I think, you know, if we look at consulting, very often what happens is the um, the investment will be predefined. So what will happen is a company will say, we want you to come in and deliver X, and this is how much money they have as a budget to deliver that. And we, we've actually looked at that and we've said, that's actually a pity that we come in with that type of limitation in the beginning. Mm. Um, and we really want to be in a position that we can say to our customers, can you challenge us to expect more from us? 
So how we could give that return on investment would be to say there's a minimum, there's a satisfactory average that we should be able, that everybody should be able to deliver. But if we go beyond that and we really push ourselves so technically and also from a, a thought process perspective, can we get our customers to expect more from us and then actually get more from that investment? So we, we actually believe that building that trust with a customer comes from them knowing that if I invest in this, I'm going to get a return on my investment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's more of a strategic engagement at management level than your typical consulting engagement? Yes, we would want a long relationship with our customers. Ideally, we would love to go on the journey. We'd love that opportunity to be able to go on a journey with our customers. We can offer skills at all levels. So we expect to be able to augment a customer's team. And I think that's also a key point because very often a customer is already decided on their architecture. They've put a lot of money into deciding, okay, I'm on this platform, these are the tools that I have, and then looking at what is the next step that we need to take as a team, but they maybe don't have the expertise or the capacity to get that done in the time frame that, that the business needs. Mm -hmm. And that's where we can come in and work alongside them. So we really will put our people in as our customers' people. Yes. We, have, we have the saying, our people are your people, yes. and we'll walk that journey with you. Okay. Okay. Um, so I, I guess uh, this is really a skills um, business. Um, in, in many cases, I'm imagining though that you bring in skills into the organization, those skills probably learning on the job as well as it goes along. Yeah. Um, but they get involved in, in, in key projects and those people actually become quite integral to those organizations. How do you manage that sort of situation? Because I imagine a lot of your clients end up saying, well, actually we'd like to hire these guys you've put in. Our yeah, so there's quite a lot in that. Mm. So I'm going to try and um, just break that down. Okay. So yes, we are continually developing skills. So one of the things about Calibre as well is that we haven't attached to a single platform. So we are agnostic from a technology perspective. We also see the space changing continually. And that is also a challenge for many consultants, right? They get assigned to a customer. They're then embedded in that customer. Two years later, they pop out and the world has changed. And now they're saying, okay, now I've got to catch up all my skills and, and really do some, some learning to get to the point that I'm now relevant again. So we build in continual learning for everybody for the entire journey that people are with Calibre. So that's part of our investment in our people. We keep aside a percentage of their time and that time we'll use to make sure that they are skilled in whatever our customer requires. So obviously bringing in the breadth of the data domain is huge. Mm. And we look at that changing all the time. What a specific customer needs could be very, very specific. So a lot of customers also have proprietary tools. When we land in that customer, we would then invest some time in making sure that the people that are attached to that customer learn those those tools. Mm -hmm. So that's part of the what employees we, of that company. At, no, our people. Your so people. so if okay. we if we've landed our people in their team, then we would say, okay, so these this is what their landscape looks like. This is the architecture and the tools that they're currently using, and then make sure that the people that are are chosen to work with that customer would actually get those skills mm -hmm. if they didn't have them already. Because obviously, a lot of the base skills we would already have built up. When a person has been in the customer for a very long time, so and there are scenarios, I think you know all consulting companies experience this where the um, consultant falls in love with that customer, the customer falls in love with the consultant. We don't want to stand in their way. Mm -hmm. So if we get to that point, then we would absolutely say, you know, let's work out how we can allow you to move forward with that customer. Um, you know, there are ways that you can do that. Yeah, yeah. And because we're, we're then building our team constantly, so like I said earlier, we would have a bench always 
we're always looking at bringing more people into our team. So it becomes more of an abundance mindset than mm-hmm. saying that we really need to hold on to all of those consultants, mm-hmm. although we love it when they want to stay with mm-hmm. us, obviously. Okay. Is there anything you don't do specifically? Anything that isn't data, we don't do. So we are 100% focused on, on the data domain. It's still such a broad area, though. It's huge. Yeah. So it is huge. I think, again, looking at that, um, what we've seen so far is we'll look at where the need is. So we're hearing a lot about the need for data strategy, um, traditional data structures that need to be put in place. We will still be able to do that. Data governance is still a hot topic. Um, So we'll look at whatever the customer needs and make sure that we can get alignment to that. If you said in data, is there anything that we don't do? Um, probably data entry would be something we would shy away from. But if we're looking at analytics and data science, our, our roles are typically um, data engineering, data analytics, data science, and then data governance, data strategy. And protecting data and security? Security is a huge topic at the moment. So, yeah, we definitely see that as um, part of the future. And that is definitely a specialization that we have we're building with our people. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, you say you want to position yourself as the best partner for any company's data people. Yeah. Um, are there specific industries that you focus on? Not really. And um, again, being consultants, I think, you know, you always remain agnostic from an industry perspective. We have a really strong focus on readiness. So part of what is important to us is landing in a customer with some knowledge already so that we can fast track our consultants. So we've worked on a number of readiness programs Um, so that we can prepare consultants when they go in, that they understand the industry or the function. So, for instance, the Office of Finance or the Office of um, the Head HR, whatever it may be that they need to work on, they would come with some knowledge already. And we've got frameworks in place that enable them to do that. Mm -hmm. And is it a global business or are you focused on the South African market specifically? It's actually global. Mm -hmm. Um, So Ryan, I mentioned, Ryan Jamison is based in the UK. He's our CTO. And we set out from the beginning saying we want to be a global business. And we've also, for the past, well, very long time, have been in South Africa. So we understand the South African market. Um, I'm obviously in South Africa. And the the bulk of our team is in South Africa. Okay. Um, But being remote, and also then this is the the post-COVID world, right? I mean, we'd seen that coming for years before that, but I think that fast tracking of that acceptance that you can actually deliver work from Mm. afar um, is something that we've really experienced in the last probably four years now. And then leveraging that allows us to have feet on the ground in whichever country we are in. So, for instance, in the UK, where our headquarters is, we will have senior feet on the ground who are able to then land in a customer in person. But then we want the the majority of the work to be delivered from South Africa. So that gives us that um, labor arbitrage leverage as well. Okay. And if you're not present in a market and there's a client interested in, in engaging with you, would you go and see that client in that country? Very happy to do that. Yeah. So I think that's also really nice. Right? I mean, I think a lot of South Africans like the idea of working abroad. And a lot of what we do is thinking about what is the opportunity that we can give to people. So people not only in Calibre, so the consultants that we have, but also the opportunity to our customer of being able to work with really great data people. And I think you know that's where you start to break those those global boundaries down so that we should be able to work in any territory. And um, I think most consultants would probably be very happy to hop on a plane and and spend some time in a foreign country. Mm, Absolutely. Um, Now, you mentioned you're tech vendor agnostic, um, but I believe you do partner with tech companies, including Google, amongst others. Yes, we have done Um, Maybe just expand on that a little bit and who you work with. 
Yeah, so um, we have a very strong background in Microsoft. So Microsoft has formed uh, part of the, the basic in terms of our foundation for all of our consultants. But we've seen Google move to South Africa, so there's big move, also um, Amazon, obviously. So we decided we wouldn't link to a single vendor. Um, we want to be agnostic in the, from the perspective that if our customer is using a specific platform that we are able to provide the skills. But we do make sure we are certified on those vendors. So we can bring those certifications. You know, there's definitely the, the training is there um, and the knowledge is there that any of our consultants can then work on whatever platform is required. Right, right. We, we, we hear this this buzzword digital transformation. I'm actually not yeah. hearing it so much this year, but it's okay. certainly been used it's a lot. It's January in, though. It's, yes, exactly. <laughs> been used a lot in uh, in the last uh, f um, few years. Um, and it's often in the context of cloud migrations and people yeah. looking at, at forklifting their internal systems and putting them on one of these mega cloud platforms. Yeah. Is that a is that a part of the sort of work you do as well? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. So even now, and I think it's surprising, you know, we look at in South Africa, the cloud adoption started probably, we saw that really take off probably five years ago now. Yeah. Um, and I think you expect now, we kind of in that world think most people are probably in the cloud. They're not. And yeah, we're finding that already when we mm. go out to customers that there's still a lot of, of need to migrate to the cloud. And then we see you know, what is going to happen in the future, that complexity that comes with you know, where do my different data sources sit Mm -hmm. um, will will is a problem that will need to be solved, and that is absolutely something that we would be involved in. Great, Alexa. Before we go, I can't we can't end this conversation with talking about the hot button topic at the moment because I, I'm, I'm sure it has a direct impact on the market in which you operate, and that's artificial intelligence. It is the hot topic at the moment. Yeah. Um, is AI going to undermine in any way the sort of consulting work that you do? Because I imagine a lot of these processes are fairly um, what's the word uh, routine or um, repeatable. Yeah. Um, how, how does AI play into the sort of work you do and how is it going to transform the, the consulting business over the coming years? Yeah, so I think the routine stuff, it'll be great when AI takes that over. We need to obviously go through this process of learning to trust AI. So knowing that whatever the output is, is what the human would have done, or mm -hmm. better, mm -hmm. hopefully. Well, better. we know these things hallucinate at the moment, <laughs> the generative AI tools, so we're probably not there yet. No, we're not there yet. And I think that's what, you know, if you if you listen to what people are speaking about, you know, and like the World Economic Forum, you can hear that there's still this definite distrust in what the output is from AI. So yeah. I think there's still a couple of years to go through before we get to that point. But certainly we're embracing this as quite an exciting trend. And I think that... If I look back over our history, so if we go to the early days of data warehousing, like I said, it could take you a year to build a functional data warehouse in the early days. Mm. By the time you've actually put that result down, the customer's moved on. The business questions may be different. They've missed out on the opportunity to use their data to answer really, really burning questions that would have made a difference in their business. So I think the challenge for us is going to be that the jobs are going to be different. If we expect that we're going to be doing the same thing in five years' time, that's probably not the case. Um, so it's more about embracing what AI will bring for us, what it will be able to do that we would have had to do in the past. Um, clever people don't really want to be busy doing that type of work. Mm -hmm. So I think it's more of a, an opportunity than anything else. And the types of questions that we're going to ask are going to be entirely different. Do we ever reach a point where the AI gets so good that it starts to replace a lot of the work that consultants do? 
So I think it'll replace some work. Yeah. As I said, I think the basic the, the work. The basic stuff. But basic I'm stuff, thinking of the more advanced stuff. Does AI I think it will reach? help. I think it will certainly support us. You know, in terms, if you look at results that come out of analytics, um, yeah, we probably wouldn't even have thought of some of the questions that we can now ask. Yeah. So I think that's where things will be very different is we'll start thinking about things that we never knew existed. But the creativity that a human brings to the table at the moment, I don't think that will be replaced by AI. For now. For now. <laughs> Alexa, fascinating conversation. If anyone wants to learn more about uh, Calibre, what's the best way of doing that? I presume you have a website. What's the address? We have a website. So that's www.calibre.global. That's Calibre with a Y. Calibre with a Y, so C-A-L-Y-B-R-E dot global. Um, and yeah, we're on LinkedIn, so all of us are on LinkedIn um, and very happy if people want to reach out and chat. We would love that. Fantastic. Alexa Bishops is CEO of New Age Data Consultancy Calibre. Best of luck growing the business and thanks, thanks for sharing your much. insights with thanks, Tech Central. Duncan. Thank you. Thank you.